Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, buddy. Nice and simple this time. <clears throat> In a world of Veltima fungicide, five feet reign supreme. Hey, remember? Less dramatic? Five feet. Just five feet. Five feet. Nope. Sixty inches. Look, man. Just say Veltima fungicide lets you treat corn as early as five feet. Nice. Veltima fungicide from BASF. Coming sooner to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. In the middle of draft season here, we continue on with the offensive tackles tonight. And joining me is Jason Wolbert. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Um, between my first and second vaccine shot, looking forward to uh, starting to go out to sporting events again. Yeah, me too. Had my first last week, a week ago. And uh, did you get the Pfizer version? I did, yes. I got the Pfizer version. Of course, there's not... Uh... There's not a whole heck of a lot out here in the Asheville area. There's uh, the Asheville Tourist Baseball Team and uh, Bristol Motor Speedway, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, in terms of other athletic events, I'm thinking yeah. competing with your desire to get a vaccine, you would have <laughs> these other events. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Jason, we appreciate you being your at 25 Nuggets on Twitter, right? At 25 underscore That's nuggets. correct, yes. All right, good and follow. I am beginning my slow burn of building up uh reputation and following all right and we have uh, uh the draft coming up and you're certainly a guy who's a lot of interest in the draft and we appreciated you being on the show in the in the past and look forward to this discussion of offensive tackle now offensive mm-hmm. tackle not a position where we would have figured the ravens have a need last year now it really looks like a need for multiple reasons yes um they i am of the belief that they need to take advantage of this particular offensive tackle class, which is a good one, um, and maybe even get two if they can accumulate enough draft picks. You know, EDC likes to do that uh, trade down can. 
So if they did, if they got two, they'd be getting a guy who can play right away and a developmental guy. Correct. Yeah. Yes. One one guy that will eventually take over for Orlando Brown Jr., who uh, wishes to play left tackle. And um, personally, I hope that they can kind of get a trade done uh, before the draft instead of after the draft. But um, either way, whether Orlando Brown Jr. plays this year or not for another team, they are eventually going to have to replace him. And yeah. what better way to get to do that to get that start? Yeah, and, and in a, like a fairly deep class, like you mentioned, I think there are, there are a fair number of physical physical limitations in this class. We had a little bit of talk about that in the, in the production meeting. But there are a number of guys, as always, in the offensive tackle position who are very clearly going to end up at guard in their NFL careers. And, and, you know, it depends on who you look at, whether they're listed as a guard or a tackle. But a lot of these guys, they play tackle in college. And by the way, that's a lot of NFL linemen. And they're going to end up playing tackle mm -hmm. in the NFL. Like, sorry, guard. Right, in because yeah. at, uh, in college, at least on the offensive line, the better players naturally gravitate toward the outside, uh, towards tackle. And then with increased competition, they have to uh, inside, which the Ravens have done plenty of times in their past. They've taken an offensive tackle in order to play guard. Mm -hmm. um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to go through. Let's let's go through some of the players that are moving to guard. We can alternate on this list, but uh, Larry Boram of Missouri has 33 and a and an eighth inch arms, which is too short for this. I'm not I'm not going to say that everybody has to be up in the high 33s, but you got to be a better player if you're going to be in the low 33s or anywhere in the 32s. Exactly. To play yes, and there are a few of those that are really good players. We'll get to them. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, okay. So we have, um, I've got Elijah Vera Tucker, who most people mm -hmm. are already saying he's just going to be a guard. Uh, but he did play tackle at, at college. Yeah, absolutely. At, no, that's uh, USC. a very uh, legitimate Jaylen, one. And I agree. He's, he stays there. Go ahead. Uh, Jalen Mayfield. Um, I started before watching stuff and, and taking a closer look, I started believing Mayfield was going to be the Ravens first round pick. And he was going to start a guard and to tackle, but he tested very badly. And he, he has those arms. He's going to end up staying at guard at the next level. Yeah, I think uh, 32 and change on the arms was what came out of his uh, pro day, and that's not going to cut it. it. In my opinion, that's not the only thing wrong with Mayfield. I think that lack of athleticism is somewhat apparent in his play. Yeah. So I think that, that there, are, there are probably... A uh, few front offices who still believe he can play tackle, which means he won't be drafted nearly as high. And I, I'm sure he will be drafted, and he may be a fine guard in the NFL, or he may be a, at least a good guard in the NFL, uh, but he's not going to play tackle. Uh, Brady Christensen at BYU has been thought of now at a lot of positions, but I don't think tackle is his eventual landing spot. No, uh, I believe that he could potentially be a draft steal because he is the opposite. He tested extremely well athletically, but like so many of these guys, they have they have the short arms, and uh, we can keep rattling them off. Robert Hainsey, pretty much everybody on the Notre Dame offense. Yes, it's, it's too short arm. That's exactly right. It, Jackson it, they, Carmen. Yeah. Jackson Carmen. 
another player, Clemson. good player at at, uh, at and he's certainly a taller guy, but at thirty two and a half inch arms, I mean, he's got to play guard. But uh, stylistically, also, Carmen is a mauler and will do very well at guard. It won't be a tough transition for him. It's just it it it's time to admit that's what he is and and not a tackle. Right, and just overall, like. When when I started the process, people were talking about like twenty four, some insane number of offensive tackles that are going to be drafted early and stuff. But now I have like ten of them moving to guard because the arms just overall there are very few that ha- actually have average to above average arm length. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there there are some really really good short shuttle times, and that's something that really comes into play. If you're a guard and you need that lateral agility and be able to move around, especially in zone block concepts, but also if you need to pull and, and such like that. So we have, we still have a deep offensive tackle class, but we also have a deep interior offensive line class um, mm-hmm. because of these guys that are going to. All right. All right. Well, let's start going through and, and we'll rattle off our top 10 the way we've been doing these shows. As you know, uh, Jason, as you start with your number one guy and I'll fill in with my number one guy if it's different. We'll discuss each as we go. OK, so we're going from top down. Number one. Mm-hmm. OK, number one. Uh, Penny Sewell um, is my number one offensive tackle, but I also have a 1A uh, in Rashawn Slater. And these two guys are considered at the top of the draft anyway um they are both in that gray area arm wise uh and and wingspan of you know between 80 and 81 i think inches and that's not good uh when you're out there uh the threshold for for offensive tackles is generally 34 inches that's that's generally what people consider as a threshold Mm -hmm. um but you can get away with shorter arms if you have that elite athleticism. Both of these guys have that. So I have Penny Sewell. I think he, from what I see on tape, um, the balance, the pad level, uh, being able to get under people, getting to the second level, you're going to hear a lot of these, getting to the second level, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, and finishing blocks, and uh, a lot of these athletic traits, being able to move, a lot of offensive linemen in this class have that. Um, good, uh, good strength. Go ahead. Now, the, the point I'm making is, I, I there's there's so many positives about Penny Sewell. It really becomes a point of he's not even worth discussing anymore. This is a Raven centric show. He's going to go in the top seven, maybe eight picks at the very latest. I think I don't see him dropping out of the top ten. The Ravens, if they mm-hmm. traded every one of their draft picks, would about get to about number eleven. If they want right. to do that, which which obviously they're not going to do. And so as much as they would love to to have a player like him, uh, he, he just he doesn't fit into the Ravens plans. It wouldn't even uh, there, there's no team that would trade their pick for the Ravens number one and Brown that would get the Ravens Sewell out of the deal. And that's the way it should be, well, by the way. Yeah, I don't so, think it's Cincinnati. They, he should not go past Cincinnati. 
yeah, he, he shouldn't, and, and he probably won't. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Cincinnati to trade that pick and, and gain draft capital. So it may be that mm-hmm. Cincinnati says, you know what? I mean, there's some good players here, but, the, but we, could, we need a tackle and we need a tight end and we need these other things. So, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we can afford to drop four spots and pick up a, a King's Ransom in picks. I hope they don't. I hope they have to make a choice on one of those players at number five. I actually think that's they don't have much of a history of trading draft picks either. Yeah, uh, that's, the Bengals. they like sit staying put. Yeah, we'll we'll, so we'll, we'll see if this is a year where they're willing to we're willing to do that again. But you're right, they don't uh, they don't move around the board too much. Okay, so you had a one and a one A you threw out there already. I'm going to respond to Slater. I think we've, we're we're good on Sewell. Um, the 33 inch arms are a problem for Slater, and and it really it does not drop him off my tackle list, but it drops him down my tackle list, which probably means whoever gets him is really going to be thinking about is he a guard or a tackle. Obviously, um, his feet are outstanding, just the top. Yeah top end feet but they're going to be wasted at guard and unfortunately if he's on the edge you worry about his length again and you have those uh those concerns uh i it would be a shame his his uh his anchor uh which is not the greatest might be less of an issue at tackle which is a reason to keep him there but it's not a reason to make him a great top of the top of the draft tackle prospect so you know i I see what some sources have done in terms of of putting him right at the top i don't believe he's going to be the second tackle drafted we'll see but i just I, i don't believe he should be i think there's other guys who are better tackle prospects and if that's the need address the need directly uh, if I had thrown him in, he would be probably third on my list. But he's just different. He's he's like a he's kind of like a unicorn. Or mm-hmm. you know how as sports modernize, we we start losing positions. He's kind of a positionless offensive lineman. Um, could you imagine a team using him and? him around the offensive line as the game progresses. No, frankly, I don't know if I, people I can't. are ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if people are ready for that, but he could. I mean, I, I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a lockdown um, you know, Pro Bowl candidate on an annual basis who can play either guard or tackle as his NFL situation dictates. And I think he won't be moved. I, we used to, we had Marshall Yonda and he could do so much for this team. He would have been the best player at four positions. And I could maybe even argue five because mm-hmm. I think he'd have been a great backup left tackle as well. But we already saw him play a whole season at right tackle at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, and and then moved to left guard when he was hurt and play extremely well yeah. for the rest of that season. And uh, just like like Sewell, there's no way he's making it to the Ravens. So yeah, you can just forget about him. I I, uh, I I actually think it's not impossible, but but you're probably right that that somebody takes him as a guard um, before 27, even if even if they maybe kind of still hope he can play tackle. So we'll we'll see. Anyway, go with your number number three. Whoever is next on your list, two. since we've covered him. Yeah, yeah. I said Slater aside. So uh, my number two tackle is Christian Derisaw of Virginia Tech. Um, Derisaw is your classic left tackle, your classic style left tackle type prospect that would have been thrown in last year, I believe, with uh, the four or three of the four from last year at the top um, in some sort of, maybe maybe just behind them. But I see, uh, I saw a good low stance before the snap, uh, indicating strong knees 
Um, he's able to drive his assignment backward. Uh, he just engulfs smaller uh, rushers. It, it wouldn't be the run game where I say, if you're talking about driving his assignment backwards, I assume you're talking about the run game primarily. Primarily. It, it's, it's, it's not the run game where I'm really concerned. I'm, I'm concerned about his ability, even after some time, to be beaten by speed. And he's got average height for a left tackle. So one of the problems with gigantic Villanueva, Spencer Brown size left tackles, McKinney, is they get beat by speed in part because they're too tall, not just right. because of, of length. Well, he's got, you know, uh, he's got fine measurables in terms of his size. He's 6'5", 314, just average. So for him to get by um, as being not the best feat in the class, he needs to be a push a guy to the back pylon of the pocket guy like Rick Wagner was. That's not actually ideal on the left side. So it could be he ends up on the right side despite these positive measurables. And uh, and I could see him over there. I don't think that would be a terrible spot. It does reduce his value slightly if he ends up on the right side. And that's why I, I couldn't put him as my number two guy, but I have him okay. at number four. Number four. Okay. Still, still I love him. Is, still think he goes in the first round. I think he, he could be scheme specific in terms of being part of a zone running team. Um, in which case, uh, I suppose it doesn't necessarily matter for a zone running team if they could go either direction uh, to be on the left or the right side. Um, but, um, yeah, I have a note here that fair agility, not great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, I don't see any severe flaws. He may have some, uh, some average traits, mm -hmm. but there are no actual, like, big-time negatives, no big red flags. So who's your number two? Okay, so my number two guy, Alex Leatherwood of Alabama. I like him, and it seems like I like him more than a lot of other people do. 6'5", 34-and-3-8s arm lengths. That's really not the reason. Um, had a very poor bench score is a, a red flag. It's so bad, I don't think it can be explained by slightly above average arm length for a, right, for a tackle. So, you know, you see some of the explosiveness there in the in the trait measurables. Uh, he does a good job using that length to block to the back pylon. He really is not a mirror up his assignment guy. He's a cheat to the inside, push to the back pylon guy. Uh, I think it could work at left tackle, but I think it, it's another he's another guy that I think ideally would move to the right side. I think he, in a lot of ways he fits the Ravens. So because of that, the Ravens ask much less of their offensive tackles. So if you have Leatherwood, you have a guy who plays left on in an emergency, plays right primarily as his, as his job, and uh, he could really do the job with, with uh, uh, his physical assets over there, I think. And the, and the right tackle position, the Ravens ask much less of that position than just about any other team in the NFL. I think he could be a fantastic right tackle for the Ravens. I've got him fourth on the list. Fourth, very I think good. people are, I do, I do. I think people are sleeping on him a bit. I think um, you were talking about arm length. He's got one of the best wingspans at uh, 84 and uh, 5 eighths inches of the available prospects. Um, and I think and big, long legs. He can just plant in the turf. Um, I saw good lateral movement, and I saw that he's intelligent. He can recognize twists and stunts and block both of them sometimes. Um, 
and uh, I, I noticed that sometimes he let his assignment get into his body, where it, it, he lost leverage on a play. Um, and also, you wonder about, for the Alabama offense, it seemed like he always had a tight end next to him. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, if he moves to right tackle, then he'll still have a tight end next to him. So, he'd be comfortable with that. Well, he's, he, he would. In the, if we're talking about the Ravens' offense, he's not going to be asked to block the edge rushers on a fair number of plays. So all he'll have to do is make a down block on the defensive tackle, which is about as easy as you can do, move up half a level, hit the scraping linebacker. It's really a very easy set of responsibilities relative to putting that right tackle on an island or even with a tight end. Sometimes tight end gets in the way on, 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 on the right tackle, making an effective block or knowing exactly what to do on that right side. He'd almost rather be on an island. But in any case, he's, he, he would be in the Ravens offense with the amount they run. He'd be much less uh, on an island as a run blocker, uh, you know, with, uh, with what they do. Right. Well, if in the event that he falls into round two, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think he will. I think some team that knows what they're doing is going to pick him up before the Ravens get to their second round pick. But in the event that he does, I'd be, Depends How far on what would he have to drop like into not. round two? Because trading back is one possibility. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Trading back, I, my, what I would be trying to do is trade back to the end of round one, try to get the thirty-first or second, thirty-second pick because that's more valuable these days with the fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, Leatherwood is one of those guys where it would be great to be able to trade back, peel back six, eight, ten picks if you can still get them. And then you have that extra third, fourth rounder. I mean, that's the scenario where the Ravens trade Orlando Brown, probably. They don't trade number 27. They trade Orlando Brown to get back to 31 with the Chiefs is a possibility. Uh, or, and, okay. and then they draft somebody, some tackle who's on the board on draft night. So they say, okay, we're willing mm-hmm. to take that risk, take some change on the back end, and they've got a multi-year solution rather than Brown, you know, being a year year away from leaving Baltimore. So I think it's still possible Orlando will be traded on draft night. I just think when that team gets to pick, there has to be a tackle on the board that the Ravens like enough to make the, make the trade. And the, the thought of trading him to the Chiefs is scary. It, it does um, suck a lot. <laughs> I would... I honestly would be happy with a with a high second and an additional pick. I'm really not that. Uh, I'm, I'm not averse to that. If they do the Jag, uh, somebody else, Jets, somebody high in round two, and then get an additional mm-hmm. mid-round pick. Well, the th- pick 33 has extra value, too. 32 is good for the fifth-year option. 33 is good for the overnight trade value. So uh, they, they, could, they could get pick 33 for sure, and they could get you know a fourth-round pick maybe from Jacksonville uh, as a possibility. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, I think there still are options where he gets traded before the day of the draft, but there's, there's probably better chance that, he's drafted, that he gets traded on draft day. Okay, so um, that Let's was see, number for, three. Number two. You're number three. My number three. Okay, so we're in that area. We were just talking about leather. We're in that area where there are a number of people that are kind of clumped together for me uh, that are right tackle ish and are attractive prospects for the Ravens. And so Tevin Jenkins is my number yep. three. Um, 
natural right tackle, been playing right tackle. Just mean. <laughs> He's strong and mean. He he had 36 reps. Uh, he finishes his blocks. He's always looking for more work. He's a technician with his hands and his hand placement. Um, and he's a little bit short on the arms, like so many. But mm -hmm. he, I notice he knows how to attack his assignment's arms to like short. Oh, like he knows how to work. Big with time. Them. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the first okay. thing about and, him. Very um, heavy hands. Just just you know, <laughs> the 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 defensive tackle is just making a move and almost going in slow motion to make it. <laughs> and he, cracks at him with a great move i love yeah. to see that he's a and, uh, he's fun yeah um so uh, he would probably be the number one guy on the board at 27 if, if, if thinking yeah. about who might be there i think he'd be the number one guy that i would draft me running up to the pony and drafting Tevich. yeah so if 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 you do that I don't really have a concern about him needing to play right tackle, but I think it's the more obvious position for him of the two. Um, I'm much more impressed with him as a run blocker. His mobility is pretty good. Uh, he will be fine within the Ravens run scheme as being a, you know, what he's asked to do is going to be limited. We don't have to repeat the, the entire spiel here. And I agree. I think yeah. he's a great, a great candidate to be picked at 27. He's, he's, uh, I'd be very excited by the pick. However, the board drops out. If the Ravens decide Jenkins is the guy I'm, I'm, I'm in line on that. All right, he's my number three. Is he your number so three? So you go ahead and your number okay. four. My number four was Leatherwood. Okay, my number four was Derisaw, so we already went over that. So you're number five. We flip-flopped him. <laughs> yep. Uh, number five. Okay, my number five is Spencer Brown. Um, okay. Uh, all around, he's the most athletic prospect in this entire draft via testing. There are zero bad scores mm -hmm. across the board that he has. He has... He is the tallest offensive tackle in this draft at six eight and three eighths inches. Um, had, uh, mostly played on the right side, uh, right tackle. He, like Penesu, like uh, Rashawn Slater, opted out. Um, and it's a lot of these guys opted out, and so it's part. It's a weird draft. In that regard, we kind of have like one and a half drafts worth of players mm -hmm. because for all these players that opted out, other people filled in their empty, you know, spots on rosters. So you so you have like this overabundance of players, but you only have like three quarters of a draft worth of tape to look at because of, you know, you have so many people that opted out or have played two games um, uh, last season and then others who, you know, so it's. It's um, it feels pretty crazy. But anyway, back to Spencer Brown. Uh, because he opted out, because he comes from a smaller school, uh, Northern Iowa, uh, the Senior Bowl is what I kind of had to focus on uh, myself. Um, where he looked just like the behemoth that he is, uh, on tape. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he, he's one of the players who certainly helped himself with that. Um, he, he's a metrics player, you know, and this, is, this draft, because of exactly what you said in terms of optics, uh, it, 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 you know, in terms of the opt-outs, I should say, is very much one of, of a tape 
versus metrics draft, and he is the ultimate metrics player. Um, I kind of wouldn't be shocked if there's a team out there who takes a Colton Miller shot on this guy. And Colton Miller, he was not a failure for the uh, no. Raiders, certainly. And, and I think if Spencer Brown is picked here, the name Colton Miller is sure to come up on the draft day broadcast that you listen to. Absolutely a sure thing, because he's a, he's a comp for him in terms of this outrageously <laughs> athletic, tall, very specific left tackle or bust guy. Um, th- that's where mm-hmm. he's going to end up. Uh, you know, there's, there's one thing about okay. him. He, he had 34-inch arms and still did mm-hmm. 29 bench reps. Now, 34-inch arms, first of all, not that long for a guy who's 6'8". 6'8 and change. Average. Well, oh, for age 6'8, yeah, but average yeah. for an offensive tackle, yes. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's the, it's what I consider to be kind of ideal for the baseline for an offensive tackle. And, but 29 right. bench reps with 34 inch arms um, is, is good. Um, it's, it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's good. A lot of the guys who put out outrageous numbers at guard, they have much shorter arms and I'm seeing all this contradictory information about that, by the way, that it's easy, that it's not really easier to get more bench reps with shorter arms. Any weightlifting site you go to will tell you not true. Uh, well, (laughs) um, everything, like I said, is his shuttle, his, his, uh, was insane. Uh, what was his shuttle? Um, four forty-four, a seven-second three-cone, which is like what you'd want as a seven-second three-cone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know. So not only is he tall, not only is he wide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's got that uh, thing, you know, a little bit wider wingspan than his than his even his arms length mm-hmm. would indicate. He moves around. So I have, I have. Okay, so I have my first catchphrase i'm working on uh, uh, i say i said his phone booth is a parking lot that's good that's uh, good his is so much ground that he can cover and negate people uh, with um because he's so high, i actually have a note because he's so high i wonder if he can get low enough but he's got a good burst out of the snap he's like you said i think somebody's going to take a chance on him earlier than people think. Right. That is, that so is one knock on him is the uprightness five. as a player. And if he plays left tackle, which I think that's where everybody would want him, particularly if you're drafting him high, then it, the concern is going to be that shorter speed rushers like James Harrison types are just going to get right underneath that shoulder of his and he's not going to be able to react to that. So yeah. we'll see how it works out for him. I, I, I would actually prefer if the Ravens were not the team to take that chance because I don't think the Ravens need to gamble on uh, uh, a metrics player. I trust their judgment mm-hmm. to get a guy later and cheaper who they like probably from a, you know, perhaps from a small school, uh, you know, Gregory. Sinat. I can. Sorry. Yeah, I can. I can agree with that because I think Brown is going to be uh, drafted higher than, than where they would want to draft their developmental uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So he was your number five guy, right? Okay, I'm going with uh, Samuel Compsey uh, next, and uh, out of Texas, six six three fourteen, thirty three inch arms are short for a tackle. Uh, it probably ends up him going to the right side um, again. He has the ability to use that length uh, to push the guy uh, with speed by the back pylon that I love. You know, I've mentioned that I think on three guys so far, 
and it's the same kind of problems in each case that there's that there's some arm length issues or there's some feet issues. Um, if if you can make up with that, uh, you're going to be fine. Combine metrics are otherwise off the charts. He did very well. Did everything explosiveness and and uh, uh, agility wise well. Uh, if you like Spencer Brown. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Because of his relative athletic score, and Spencer Brown, I think, was a 10.0 Raz score, then I don't know why yeah. uh, you know Samuel Cosme doesn't go higher than Brown because his his measurables also excellent. You know, he's he's been tested in the Big 12 to a degree. Now there, there's been I've seen comments made about how everybody plays you know different spread defenses in the Big 12, and so the, the tackles aren't as challenged. But I, I don't really believe that's true. Uh, uh, he has the quickness to do what the Ravens need him to do in terms of power reads. And he'd be an exceptional mauling force over there on the right side. Cosby is my number six right after Brown. Okay. Um, I suppose maybe because I was able to watch more of Cosby than Brown (laughs) is why I listed Brown higher. I got suckered for the uh, athletic potential. I actually have a note here. Was Texas watches was, was the Texas watch too fast at the pro day? Um, Yes. Because numbers. That's a concern about everybody in this draft, by the way, is yeah. pro day metrics. Were they really measured properly? And, I, I, you know, I just I don't trust most of them. I can tell you that. I really don't. There, there's a guy on the defensive line, uh, Milton Williams, who, uh, you know, yeah. you take a look at his his measurables. He just that's not the player he is on tape. If you looked at him, he's getting pushed around by yeah. these Georgia Southern offensive yeah. linemen. It looks ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he only came. He's a guy that came on the last three college games of his career. Um, <laughs> but there you have it. Uh, some measurables are harder to fake than or fudge than others. You know, like your height is your height. It's with people there looking at you. It's hard to. Um, it's hard to fudge your height or your hand size or your arm length or something like that. But these forties and shuttles and cones, you have to wonder about. Um, but Regardless, big time strength. Um, similar to me uh, to Tevin Jenkins in that he's a, a, a Big Twelve right tackleish, strong, uh, you know, block finisher. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw him get beat more than occasionally more than than Jenkins on things like uh, counter moves and such like that. I feel like I'm splitting hairs, but that was enough for me to rank okay. Cosme just below. That's that's fair enough. Uh, so you had you I, I had Cosme at number five. You had him where? Six. Six. Okay. So who is your? Do you you don't have a number six guy left on your list? And I had Rashawn Slater at number six. So Aha. who's your number seven? Number seven is I have Walker Little from Stanford. Number seven. Um. Another opt-out guy. Mm-hmm. The word that came to my mind for Walker Little is standard. Um, 
He stays with us. I saw him stay with us. Stay with his assignment and finish blocks. He'll stay with his assignment when he's backing up or, or moving around. He just stays in front of him all the time. Uh, he tested moderately well. Average arm length, average wingspan. Uh, I saw him capable of pulling from left tackle position. Uh, I saw good balance, fair agility, just consistency. Walker Little, in conclusion, is a guy that I believe in other draft classes would be drafted higher. Yeah. because the the talent would be shallow. Yeah, it's uh, he doesn't he doesn't really have any obvious concerns. He's a pretty good mirror. Some people love him a lot more than we do, and I had him one lower than you because I know he's not my next one to name. Now I have him as number 9 on my list. Mm-hmm. I I I love the size, you know, and and the arm length is good enough. The lateral mobility I think is confirmed from metrics to tape, which I like to see. I like to have, mm-hmm. you know, confirming factors and not a Milton Williams situation where lateral testing was excellent and, you know, just doesn't know what he's doing on the field. Um, he has some similar positive characteristics to Stanley in that I think he would give ground as a left tackle to stay mirrored. So Stanley mm-hmm. does that a lot is, is he it does a great job of giving ground in the pocket at the expense, or sorry, it's, that is the expense to stay mirrored with his opponent. And I'm that picturing really that works. in my mind now. Yeah, I yeah, can see really, what you're saying. It really works for the Ravens oh, with sorry, Jackson yeah. because because he then has the mobility to leave the pocket when it needs to be done, and he's not allowing sacks. He doesn't have to be worried really about the Brian side. He doesn't really allow very many quarterback hits either. I'm not saying he's not, you know partially responsible for some of those by allowing the pocket to be phone boothed from that size. That certainly happens with Stanley sometimes, but I, 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 that kind of a left tackle will help keep your quarterback healthy for a long time. And, you know, from that perspective, I like him. I would, I wouldn't be upset if that's who the Ravens end up with, but I think he's, he's really only the ninth guy in the draft. And I think I'd want them to trade, be trading down into the second round. Oh, uh, wait, I was about to say, uh, where if you if you're the Ravens, where do you forty five to fifty Walker Little, forty five to fifty. Oh, that's okay, so that means your ninth best guy is still in round two. So yeah, that's when it's yeah. Mm-hmm. That just speaks to the depth. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a great class of of a lot of guys. Some of whom are going to be playing tackle and some guard in the NFL. Yeah. All right, so let's go. Okay. You, I just I just named you named your number. Seven. seven. It was my nine. My seven was Spencer Brown, so we don't have to talk about him again. Who's your number eight guy? Okay. My number eight guy? Okay, I don't know if this is the right pronunciation, but uh, Dylan Raddins. Mm-hmm. North Dakota State. Um, North Dakota State. My number eight. Um, I didn't see anything wrong with him. The, 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 the issue is, for him, the competition that he faced at the FCS. Um, and, uh, you know, even in senior bowl week, uh, you can put together a good senior bowl, which he did mm-hmm. along with many other offensive linemen, but that only goes so far, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you're not integrated into an offense. Um, uh, you're just thrown together with a bunch of strangers and, you know, you cobble together some stuff, but, he looks, he, he just looks good. I mean, he dominated the FCS competition he was up against. And he should. And all of the check marks. He checks all the boxes for me. 
I, I would agree, and I, I liked him. Uh, I think he's on the border of the second and third round, probably a late two, as I would see it. I, you know, w- one of the concerns was strength. I thought he did himself a big favor by getting 24 bench reps done with 34-inch arms. That's really pretty good. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad total. That, that is normal strength. Uh, it's 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 mm-hmm. not terrible for 34 inch arms. The explosiveness metrics being good would help in a run offense. So depending on where he ends up, uh, I th- I think he has some good ability uh, to 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 help a team that runs more, and that's that you know defines the Ravens, of course. I think he's more likely a guy you want on the left side with those 34 inch arms and no obvious other problems. All things being equal, but he might be a guy who who. What, whoever drafts him, he starts at right tackle with the hope that he would move to left at, uh, at some point down the road when their current left tackle either leaves or retires or uh, whatever. Well, if you're the Ravens, are, are you happy just drafting him and stick parking him at right tackle? I, I am at the right price, but I don't want to pay left tackle draft capital for a right tackle. So I'd, I, I want to get the distressed... I want to get the distressed characteristic. Otherwise, you know, the other thought is, well, Brown could play left tackle and it really saved the Ravens bacon this last year. And Walker Little could do it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if Stanley goes down and Stanley's always hurt, do you, do you make a trade that includes Brown, gives you a pick you need to take a player like Little and also mm-hmm. some additional draft capital somehow, because that's what that would be the one for one trade I'd make. Bro, no. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would you make that trade? And then I think the answer might be yes on that. I, it's just it would it would have to be the right place in the draft for that to make sense. Maybe reload for next year's draft with some additional capital, uh, or maybe reload with some lower round picks in this draft. You know, if if you could get a, a move down fifteen spots and pick up a a four and a five kind of thing out of it, maybe yeah. maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that is my that is my number eight, Dylan Reddins. Okay, and my, he's my number eight also. So my number nine was Walker Little, but do you have a different number nine? I do, yes, since Walker Little seven. Number nine, uh, I have James Hudson, Cincinnati. Okay. Um, James Hudson tested much worse than people expected, almost everywhere, because going into the process, the idea was this guy was uber-athletic, but raw. That's what I heard. Um, but he didn't test very well. So I turn on the tape, and the tape looks better than he tested. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a good stance. I saw good flexibility, the ability to kind of contort his body when needed to. I saw him. He's another mean, nasty guy. He finishes blocks. He looks very for work. So. I saw him with his head swiveling around. He gets to the second level, uh, and he has huge hands. Um, he has this kind of this rip move. That where he throws the his assignment down to the ground. I don't know if that's holding or not on the at the NFL level, but if they don't see it, he keeps his hands inside. He can just push people down. Mm-hmm. So I think he's still draftable for sure. Yeah, I I agree, and I think he probably ends up on the right side. What I really loved about him is he kind of looked to me like Orlando Brown did at times. 
so overly physical, so blocking to the echo of the whistle that he would make people angry. You know, the guy we saw this out of and, and his career was a ski slope was Michael Orr as a rookie blocked to the echo mm. of the whistle. He's a very physical player. I don't know why he changed because he could have headed to a Hall of Fame career at right tackle if he'd played that way and grown normally over the course of his career. But all of a sudden, he got all caught up in moving to left tackle. He lost all elements of physicality to his game and, and he just wasn't mm-hmm. a very good player after that. Uh, Hudson is is exciting in that perspective. The, the, the block that kind of reminds me of the way I see Hudson play and the way people get pissed off after the play about him was Orlando Brown's block from his rookie year at Carolina when he, I think I did it right, yeah, 2018, where he blocked, I think it was Horton, all the way out of bounds, and then a player on the sideline had a personal foul retaliating against Brown for it. It was, it was just one of these great plays. And it's too bad the Ravens lost that game badly, but it was a it was a beautiful play and I love that. Yeah. There's actually a similar play that people point to in this draft from Jenkins. Jenkins, I think it was against um Osai. Mm-hmm. Um the uh uh and he blocks him all the way out of bounds into the crowd. And you'll see that over and over again during the during uh draft shows. Did it uh it, and Hudson one... is like that too. That one is a blocky finish, but there was no retaliation. That was the cherry. No retaliation. Thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No retaliation that time. So uh, Hudson is my ninth. Okay. And I have Walker Little at number nine. So you're number 10 guy. Mm-hmm. My number 10 guy. Okay. So here's my wild card guy. Um, Dante Smith from East Carolina is my number 10. Um, one of many opt-outs. <laughs> Another opt-out. So, again, uh, must rely on the 2019 tape and Senior Bowl. Um, he may not have been noticed without a strong Senior Bowl, which he had. I'm not, I'm not sure, but, I mean, he's, he's not from a big school, per se. Um, this is the arms guy of the draft. This oh, yeah. is the 35 and uh, a quarter inch arms, 85 and a quarter inch wingspan guy. So he just, you know, his his reach is is um, insane. So he tested average athletically, but you know there may be a reason for that because of his body type. Um, I saw him be able to have the athleticism to be balanced enough uh, again get to the second level. A lot of guys that can move and block their first assignment and then forward and block another guy. He can blow people up when he engages them, but he's expectedly raw. That's just mm-hmm. what you have to expect from him. So yeah. I can imagine you putting him in the developmental category. Yeah, he's, he's in my in developmental tender. category. And, and, and I love him. I really do in terms of that, the arm length I love. I, I, I think the 24 bench reps, same thing I would say for Little. This guy has even mm-hmm. longer arms, and I think 24 bench reps is okay. With those with those longer arms, certainly at 35 inches, I have no problem with it at all. Uh, he's a little slow afoot. He's he's not the the ideal guy in terms of uh, doing things in level two, but he'd be great for the Ravens because the requirement is so little. You know, you 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 basically have to patrol a very small space and make sure that that linebacker doesn't get to the doesn't get to the ball carrier in that C gap. It's really just not. So I've much. heard. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, down block, guard that C gap. I think he can handle all that. And and I think, you know, he will learn and probably be coached well 
to, to go to the back pylon with speed rushers, which would be obviously the problem you would see. But, you know, longer guys are typically the guys who can who can most easily push to the back pylon, use their use their length to make up for their lack of speed. All right. So who is your 10th then if Dante Smith is not? Uh, I, I left Liam Eikenberg on the list. Now, both of the Notre Dame guys, uh, frankly, should end up at guard. But Liam Eikenberg was was awfully good in terms of what he actually did. His 32 and 3 8 inch arm <laughs> would scare me off for anybody. But now nobody's going to tell me that it's all about arm length. And I'm, you know, being it's in the bottom 10 percent. He is of, of offensive tackles, at least in terms of arm length. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did play three years at, at left tackle pro style offense at Notre Dame. There's no, no disputing that. Um, by the way, if you look at the PFF stats for him, they'll show you zero sacks last year. I, I watched two games. He had contributions to sacks in both those games. So it's I, I don't believe mm-hmm. that number, but uh, you know his contributions are basically allowing the pocket to be crowded or phone booth. Uh, it, Length uh, will potentially be an issue. Is that uh, he, you know he may be able to be manipulated by a Miles Garrett in the division if he's playing left tackle or where you know if he's playing opposite Miles Garrett. Let's put it that way. Um, I, right. I wouldn't want him you know up there in that situation. Uh, but then who who really is great at blocking Miles Garrett all by themselves? You don't want that matchup for any tackle, right? So, Very uh, but, few. but as a sh- <laughs> as a shorter arm player, uh, you wonder about that. Um, is something I've heard it talked about that he doesn't punch well. That's the problem with short arm players. They don't punch right. well because they can't get all the way to the body. They can't dictate first contact the way that the longer defensive end can. Um, and the, and you know the other part of having short arms on the edge is that. All the players out there know that one arm is longer than two, and defensive players very aware of that fact. So we just watched a season mm-hmm. where Ngakwe had some effectiveness, even though most Ravens fans aren't willing to admit it, had some effectiveness at using one arm, chopping the outside arm of the left tackle mm-hmm. with that, and using that to generate pressure at a reasonable rate. Um, you know, that's a, that's going to be a problem for Eichenberg at the pro level. But I do think there's enough there. There's enough of, of him as a run blocker. There's enough of ability to mirror there that I think he still could hang at left tackle. And he's really the the most likely, I think, of the shorter arm players to be able to survive there. And that's why I have number 10. All righty then. So I guess in this case, we're moving towards the developmentalist. I kind of had just had them as honorable mentions, but sure. Absolutely. um, We'll go go throw a few names out there. Okay. Jalen Moore. Good choice. Western Michigan, real good athleticism that, 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 uh, uh, length is just average. Uh, what I like about Jalen Moore is he has tons of flaws. He has so much mm-hmm. wrong with his game. He's so raw that there's a lot of correctability there. Now, we have no idea what his true level of performance is because he played in the MAC, frankly. So he should dominate those players. But there's, there's so much correctability there that I think the Ravens coaches get to him. You might actually have a player after, after he comes out the other end. But he's not a guy I would, I would draft very high. MAC, low key. Some good running backs out of the MAC. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I mean, he's. Um, like you said, he, he's a guy that could that could um, be. I, I'm curious as to where he's going to pick because there's one particular draft board I didn't find him. <laughs> I was looking for his name. Didn't they didn't have him on the guard list, maybe, or what are they? What are they? No, I didn't. See, I just didn't. It could have been a typo, but <clears throat> um, 
One that I wonder if the Ravens would draft is Stone Forsythe. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Well, I think I think honestly he'd be about number eleven on my list, but he's he's definitely developmental. The problem is he won't last until the Ravens draft him. So he he's going to go third round, fourth round, probably would be my guess. Uh, you know, I've seen even higher estimates. He has the really good arm length at six nine. Uh, I think he mm-hmm. might even be taller than Spencer Brown. I have I have Forsyth at six nine and Brown at six eight. And I okay. tried to get my measurements from the uh, NFL Draft Scout website, so I could have one. Same. I actually, yeah, I do that too. Mm-hmm. Well. Maybe maybe I misplaced an eight with a nine, but I know they're both very tall and <laughs> very yes. tall and very long. And um, those are the two behemoths of uh, of of the class. Um, I have Josh Ball. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, he's a, he's on my list as well. Off field dating violence concern. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But somebody will draft him. <clears throat> yes. Um, maybe maybe Kansas City. But no, that's <laughs> they don't seem to have a problem. Uh, they've, they've, with they've that. had some problems, yeah. <laughs> well, they don't have a problem oh, yeah. with drafting people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Who's your next guy? Uh, well, I have a I have a couple of bookend ta- tackles from Texas A and M. We've got Dan Moore and Carson Green. Um, uh, Dan Moore has the kind of length that you're looking for, I believe, and um, kind of goes across. He's somebody I I not hearing his name, you know. Um, mm-hmm. he's just flying under the radar, but uh, he had um a pretty successful career, actually, both of them were in pretty successful career blocking for some high profile quarterbacks. So uh and in the SEC against stiff competition. I, I neither of those are on my list. Uh I I don't know anything about them in terms of arm length or anything else, but neither of them are on my list in terms of, of you know being the top ten or being developmental guys. So that's interesting. Uh but if it, it you know Certainly, if if the Ravens like him, I like him, is what I'll say about this, particularly if they draft him late. I'll tell you who I'm sure. going to love even more in this draft. I'm going to love any small guy, small school guy, that DaCosta likes. Because mm-hmm. this could be a year where small school scouting really pays off for the Ravens. They've got, you know, a lot of those conferences, they didn't play this year. But the Ravens were outstanding at doing their homework last year. And they may already have identified the guy or two and already be on lockdown order, not to have those names even mentioned around their facility. That was the rumor with Scott at one time that they weren't allowed to say that uh, name. But it's, uh, you know, they they go way down into the small schools to to try and find people. They really do. It's been a a strength of their scouting department for 20 years. Unfortunately, we just don't know who they are. We might find out (laughs) come draft day, but we don't know who they are right now. Um, yeah. And the last guy that I have a note on is Landon Young. Tuck. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, I like him. He's he's definitely one of my developmental guys. And uh, the the only other name I think that you didn't mention. Let me just go through mine quick. So I had Ball being off. Tommy Doyle. Did we talk about him yet? No. Okay, thirty five and an eight inch arms, Miami of Ohio. Uh, bench press is a little. Yeah, another little bit unimpressive bench number, but again, 35 and an eighth inch arms, that may be a factor 
in coming up with, a, I think it was 24 bench reps, if I recall correctly. I have Alaric Jackson of Iowa on the list for a developmental depth. Now, he could go higher okay. in the draft, certainly, but I actually think he may fall and he might be a guy that you have as a guard tackle. He's he's one of those, he's kind of a tweener, probably is too short on mm-hmm. to, to truly play tackle, but he might be able to play, he'd be your tackle as a uh, the first backup tackle that you have. Uh, I can imagine him being a backup tackle guard kind of reserve guy or maybe a starting guard and back and reserve tackle. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, he's, he's beefy. He's up above 320 pounds. Um, he's got the 32 and a half inch arms, but he does kind of make up for that with a 83 inch wingspan. So he probably just has a really thick torso, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he did play in a lot of big games uh, uh, for the Big Ten. So, I mean, if the if the Ravens end up taking him, if he happens to fall around five or something like that, and they take him there, but he probably will be drafted higher than that by somebody mm-hmm. projects him at guard. I'm guessing. Yeah, t- twenty bench reps for a Lark Jackson with very short arms is going to be a red flag for a lot of teams. A lot of teams are going to say that's that we can't live with that. I think Orlando Brown was at 15 bench reps, if I remember. Maybe it was worse than that, but uh, you know, most other teams <laughs> basically said no, and that's why the Ravens got a big value there. Uh, the 20 bench reps. What it means to me is he needs to spend a year in an NFL weight room, so he's not going to be ready to play right out of the box here. Uh, I know a lot of people would, you know, if you draft a guy in the first couple of rounds, you certainly want that, uh, but oh. with him, you're going to you're going to have to be more patient. Well, not as bad as Adrian Ely, though. <laughs> no. He came at an 18 bench rep. And, he's, what and is I actually a, have a note. 33-inch arms also. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a note. Okay, well, here's one that I don't know about him very much. Greg Island from Mississippi State. <laughs> I have him with his 37-inch arms. Wow. Um, and eight bench reps. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of arm length and all, but no, I'm thinking that's a no. But he's that that looks like you have six point oh seven nine. Usually, the last number is the number of eighths of an inch. So, we, oh, we a, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's seven eighths. That's seven okay. eighths. So I okay, can keep so it almost, almost six eight. Almost six eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's almost eleven inch hands, but. Um, he's way down there, um, as far as, uh, where he might be drafted. He might be an undrafted free agent. Could be. You, and I, know. I, you know, if, if that's how he got to the Ravens somehow and he works his butt off and they like him and they can either stash him on injured reserve or have him be not, not thought of very highly and on the practice squad. And then he gets his chance next year. Great. Yeah. All right. So All right. there we have it. I think. I, I think so. Um, I think we're through this whole thing. Really appreciate, Jason, you doing this for me. Jason provided an outstanding sheet, by the way. If you want to really ingratiate yourself, you know, I've got the I've got the numbers, but I only pick the numbers I kind of want. And both Michael Crawford and Jason Wolbert provided outstanding spreadsheets of everybody's individual uh, metrics, which are very useful in going through this uh, this process. And it's nice to have all of them and not just the ones you picked out, just so you know some relativity with other players. But really appreciate you doing that, Jason. Oh, uh, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I needed it myself, you know. 
um, I learned a lot about in this process. I learned a lot about what numbers you're looking for, what are the thresholds, what uh, what's average for the, for the offensive tackle position, and then compared it to the tape that I saw to see if they were better or worse. Than yeah, it's a, it's it's almost it's a good process. I think to sometimes start with the metrics and see if you agree that that's being shown on tape because so many guys this year, I just though these metrics don't make any sense with this tape. Good and bad. Very, a lot of bad. very important for this year where you have no mm. official combine numbers. Right. Yes. There you go. Okay. okay well, well um, Jason, thank you very much for having me. Well, let's, a couple things, Jason. You're, oh, it, sure. Where can people find your work for starters? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on the RSR message board uh, as WNC Ravens fan, and uh, I am active on Twitter now at uh, 25 underscore Nuggets. All right. Good, good follow. Make sure you get that in after you listen to this pod. If you got a chance, he could just have to say he's very interactive. If you have questions, does a lot of draft analysis. Uh, we're right in the middle of draft season, folks. We have a lot of things coming up. Uh, the next show we have, I believe I have the order correct on this, or it will be the last show we just had. You'll be able to get a podcast on a new valuation system. It's the Fitzgerald Spielberger uh, Spielberg, sorry, uh, valuation system, which allow basically uses the second contract as the method to evaluate how valuable individual draft packs have been from one to two fifty six, and it's an huh. interesting scale of much flatter valuations. Uh, it tells you some things that that are probably going to make you angry <laughs> about what you th- not not lining up with what you think about the draft proce- uh, process. But it's always good to understand the basis of other valuation systems in there. He's a he's a very interesting guy who who works at PFF and uh, had a lot of things to say. He's got a great article out there. Also, I highly recommend people go that combines analysis of age, cap, and pff war by player and position that's outstanding so take a look at out there on the pff website if you can and then make sure you look at the the gallery section along with the uh podcast that i'm referencing here with uh with brad anyway thanks for thanks for joining us again jason we appreciate having you on uh thanks very much ken (laughs) and i will be listening to that podcast (laughs) i'll talk to you next time on film Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.